This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. On Voice of Change, we are visiting Ukraine. Now, I'm going to be taking you on a journey to Ukraine as we commemorate the fact that we have now entered just over a year of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Now, on the 24th of February last year, everything started. But just a few weeks before that, we realized that people were living a normal, everyday life, just like you and I are. Going to work, going to the store, going shopping, doing their thing, you know, getting married, planning weddings, doing the normal, everyday thing of what it means to be alive, what it means to be human, what it means to just be actively living in this world. But everything changed on the 24th of February. And... If anything, we've heard a lot of stories of what people have experienced over the past year. And we also heard a lot of stories from the media and from journalists at that time when the war just began and when all eyes were on Ukraine. But we know that the world has spun so out of control. We know that we've been focusing a lot on the earthquake in Syria and Turkey and the great devastation and destruction that's happening there, not only there, but in different parts of the world, there's wars and there's there's rumors of wars, there's earthquakes happening and there's fault lines and there's cracks forming in the middle of Kenya and things are heating up. And we know this to be true and we know that it's a reality. But today, like I said, I want to take you to Ukraine so that we can personally connect with what people in Ukraine have been going through for the past year and what they continue to go through as this invasion continues and i'm joined by masha now masha is a wife she's a mother of two and an active volunteer during the war she lives close to the front lines and she has also witnessed many miracles which she's going to share with us today and how god said to her and her family that they were to stay in Ukraine when the war broke out and so a powerful story of what it means to really be brave and have to live in that place of bravery. I'm also joined by Sarah Davison Tracy. Now Sarah is actually an impassioned human rights advocate. She's an author, she's a speaker, she's a founder of Seeds of Exchange and Rooted and Beloved and she's written a number of books and she's traveled the globe and also has a deep heart to ignite fierce love, connection and justice so that the people of the world are fueled by an unstoppable commitment to the well-being of others and Sarah visited the Ukraine twice, once with her husband once without her husband and spend time with Masha and her family and so today she's also going to be sharing with us as an outsider who visited Ukraine met the people of Ukraine what she experienced and what she has come to learn and understand and how that could change our prayer life when we see devastation and when we see helplessness and when we see hard times happening how can this reality of war and strife and brokenness fuel our prayers and so it's going to be a great show here on voice of change cannot wait for you to be with myself sarah and masha for the next hours so stay tuned 
It is going to be such a great time that we're going to be having together today because I believe that today is a special day as I welcome Sarah and Masha onto the show to talk to me about life in Ukraine. And also we we know that we have just passed the one year mark of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And it is actually something that we heard a lot about. We heard about Russia's invasion into Ukraine a lot those first few months. But even as life continues, we know as journalists and media, the attention shifts, but it doesn't shift for the people who are living in Ukraine, the people who are living underneath this reality of there is war and it's ongoing and it's continual. And so I'm really excited to welcome Masha all the way from Ukraine with me and Sarah all the way from America who has been in Ukraine. She's going to be touching on that. But Masha, firstly, welcome to the show today. It is so great to have you and Sarah here with me. And I hope that you're well today. Hello, thank you. And Sarah, to you, I know that you've actually been on the show before quite some time ago, chatting through all the amazing things that you've been doing. I know last time it was all about Nepal. So welcome to the show today. And it's so great to have you here again. Thank you, Lauren. It's so good to be here. Now, Masha, I want to start off with you today. You know, as we, as I said, pass this one year mark of Russia's invasion into Ukraine, we know on Jan- February 24th last year, it was about this launch that happened. In Putin just launching this invasion into Ukraine, the world going, what is happening? And for millions of people, Ukrainians, as well as Russians and other people, life changed dramatically. It was suddenly that life was different. In a matter of a day, things were different. And now we're looking at a whole year having passed. I'd love to know from you, how has it been living in Ukraine as the war continues? You live in an area that has seen Russian invasion, that has been bombed, that has experienced this firsthand. So I'd love for you to just share with us a bit about what you have been experiencing and how has life been this past year living in now an area that is really just a war zone, really? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we live in the south of Ukraine. We we weren't occupied, but they were so close, uh, and we were under bomb attack for eight months daily. It was hard, uh, and it was terrifying sometimes. Uh, we live in the house and if you go outside everywhere around the house you can see destroyed houses because of bombs. But we decided to stay uh, because God told us to stay and help people here. And he promised us to keep us safe. So even though we have a city uh, with many um, uh, let's say bombed uh, buildings and mm-hmm. etc we are alive and we are safe and in general a life in ukraine is very uh, uh, different because it's a big country and if you go to the west uh, people uh, i think in the west they haven't really feel uh, felt the war mm. uh, because it's far from them but if you go 
to the south or to the east, you will see horrible pictures mm -hmm. of destroyed uh, cities and, and houses. And uh, for example, today, my husband, he had a, a mission a trip and he went just one hour from our city uh, to the villages. Uh, and he said that there is no, um, he said that all houses are destroyed, all schools, all shops, but people still uh, live there. Mm -hmm. And he went in uh, to one, a woman's house and it has, uh, and it had no wall. And she, she was crying and she said, I, I, I don't know what to do because I have uh, nowhere to go. Hmm. So she said, I, I need to repair my house, but I don't know what I should start with. And this is the same situation happened to, I think, hundreds of villages around the Ukraine. And we have a lot of people that have no home, no house, mm -hmm. no money to to buy a new house. So as church, as, as Christians, we help people as we can. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, the situation is hard. And uh, you know that the war continues and mm -hmm. every day people die and, and suffer. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that as well, Masha. Uh, heard an, a story that was shared with me and with another friend of a Christian uh, woman and her family that were in Nova Basan. I think that's how I'm saying it correctly, I hope. Uh, and they were in the village when it was occupied and just what she experienced as well and and what God was saying to them as a family and what they needed to do. And sometimes... You know, was that was that just something that was confusing, or you know, when God says to you, you need to stay. You know, even though the, it's a this is a war, and you know, houses are being bombed and people are losing their lives every day. Do you guys understand now why God said to you that He wanted you to stay? Has that been quite difficult though? Sometimes trying to understand what God's will is, even though. This is war, and this is lives, and this is your family's lives, and it's and sometimes the will of God, I'm sure, is really a bit strange. And saying, you know, you need to stay here and be love and be helping and be with people. And was that quite difficult? Do you understand why God said that now? Yeah, uh, you know, so many churches they just closed in the beginning of the war. But God, he still, uh, you know, uh, me, my husband, and you are also, we are fear and, and hands of Jesus. Mm. And if we go somewhere, who will care for people here? Uh, so now I understand because God did so many through us. We, uh, the last year we fed about 30,000 people in our city. Mm -hmm. And we also went to many villages around to help uh, with heating, with food, with other other things. And our church, it grew. Uh, and we have so many people that uh, gave 
they're alive to Jesus. Mm. So now, uh, if I look back, I see that God, he, he wanted to do so, so big work through us. And if we left, we would miss it. And God would have to find some other people. Mm. But I'm so glad that we are here and, we, and, and that we didn't go to other places. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Wow. That's uh, really incredible to hear, Masha. And, uh, you know, exactly that. We are the hands and feet of God, of Jesus. And hearing that, you know, people gave their lives to Jesus, but also the things that you and your family have been able to do. And I just really, I just really honor you and your family and the people who are helping and that the church needs to be that vessel of love and of hope and of help in this time and continually and ongoing. And I think that's a prayer that we pray for that strength for the church and for people who love God to be that even in such incredible circumstances. And Sarah, speaking of that, you know, you have gone to Ukraine twice. It is twice, right? You've been there twice now. Okay. You went twice, and I know that on your first trip, it was about providing water filters. I remember. I'm not sure if that's why you went the second time, but I know that it was about helping. It was about knowing that there is a need. Now, you're living in America. Okay, so just to clarify for the listeners, you're not Ukrainian. Uh, you know, you weren't like going back home to help. You live in America in the States. And this was something that was really um, moved on your heart to do. And I know that you have been over twice and have shared some of those stories, but also have just shared some of what you experienced. Now, how did you feel what was your experience on the ground when you arrived in Ukraine uh, I know both trips were probably quite different from each other but what was your experience and you know this is war we're talking about so I'm sure it was a lot to take in it was a lot to take in and um the the thing that fueled me to go is very much tied to to Masha's story and that is um my husband and I, my husband came with me on the second trip and we prayed, you know, um, really to, to seek God's nudges in the voice of Jesus to, to, to go into an active war zone. We, we stayed mm-hmm. with Masha and her incredible husband, Elijah. And, um, and we were so clearly your question. I loved it about how did you know that was the right answer, you know, mm. to stay alive for Masha. And then for us, how did we know that it was, that it was the right thing to do for us to go and, and be in a war zone and be in Ukraine. And it was over and over and over having these deep friendships, these deep opportunities to be able to, to share stories with the world of people that we now uh, love and call family. We stayed, uh, in, in Masha and Elijah's house for a couple of days. And that was my first time ever hearing um, air raid sirens, hearing a bomb go off twice mm. in the middle of the night, very close. And that is their reality every, well, most days uh, still. And it filled me with so much uh, awe mm. and respect, mad respect, because 
their choice to stay, you know, they have a little boy, David, and Masha was pregnant with her, her baby who was born um, just at the beginning of the year, um, Rebecca. And as parents, they had to decide, you know, do we stay and, and why do we stay? And is it really Mm. God's voice for us to stay? And we had lots of conversations with them about how to navigate kind of fear and faith and then how to walk it out day by day. And they, they did that. Uh, We saw it firsthand and they are continuing to do it and just inspire us every time we connect with them and hear their story. Hmm. You mentioned something interesting there about faith and fear. And a lot of times people think that it's, it's either or, but actually it's both sometimes together. It's your faith and your fear. You sometimes are doing things, even though you're afraid, but that doesn't minimize the power of your faith that you're still being there in action and you're still taking active steps to do whatever God is calling you to do, even though you're fearful. And it's, and I think that we always relate that to life circumstances, but when you're in a war, that really is the reality because of course there's fear. And of course there is that, that reality and the reality of many what ifs and questions and things in your mind. And, but your faith is still there and it's still, you're still living it out. And I think that's such an important reminder though, as well to people listening that life isn't black and white. It's not just, Oh, I'm all faithful or I'm all fear. So if I have fear, I can't move in faith. It's often the two colliding together to create, you know, life and how we experience it. And it's such a reminder and it's such a lesson that we have to learn. Yeah, and I think it for me in my life, it is what ties me more intimately with Jesus is walking in that place of faith and fear, you know, walking with him and, and, you know, talking to him about when I am afraid or talking to him, are you know, are you sure this is really what, (laughs) is this really what uh, I was supposed to be doing and, and, and strengthen my, my shaking knees or, or, or my beating heart, Um, you know, give me your sense of, um, you know, love for the people that just like Masha said, what a gift to be able to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, um, whether we're going into Ukraine or in our own homes and neighborhoods, that's, that's the call. That's the call. And it's, it's, um, I believe the Bible tells us when we do that, the lights of our lives go on. So Mm. it's, it's like, a it's the good news of Jesus is, is living this way and, and that we can't do it without him. Mm. So, Mm. Absolutely. And you were talking about Jesus. I was just picturing him, you know, at such a, when he came to earth the first time, it was such a, an intense time for his own people, the Jewish people living in Israel and just occupied by Rome and they didn't want to be. And that's why I think people miss that when even the disciples are asking him, are you going to establish your kingdom now? You know, because it was, they wanted to throw off that, that burden of being occupied by this Roman empire who, just controlled everything that they were doing. And Jesus was like, there's a time for everything. And it's now this time to have faith and to do the work and to go and tell. 
you know, of what you've seen and heard and, and even in that, finding that meaning. And it's actually incredible. There's so many similarities we draw from how we see Jesus living, but also the time period that he lived in and what people wanted and expected and what they needed. And huh. it's something we can learn from. I think it's, I think it's so incredible. And we're going to take a short music break again. I don't want you to go anywhere, but I think that we, We've really just touched on so much here as we've just spent a few minutes together that I want you as the listener to really just take some minutes just to soak in and to come to a place where you think about what we are saying. And maybe during the song break, you also want to lift up a prayer. Lift up a prayer now. Maybe you haven't really actually realized that one year ago, just over one year ago, Russia invaded Ukraine. Maybe it's time for us to take a moment and to say a prayer. Say a prayer that comes from your heart to God right now for the people of Ukraine and the people who are rescue workers and who are volunteers and who are helping and the churches that have stayed open and the people like Masha and her family. And so as we enjoy the song, take a moment to pause and reflect on this and say a prayer. And we'll see you when we get back. Hope you enjoyed the music with us. It is myself, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change, joined by Masha in Ukraine as we talk about what is happening in Ukraine right now. And also Sarah, all the way from the States, who has visited Ukraine and has such a deep heart, her and her family, and a love for the people of Ukraine and what is happening and continues to happen in Ukraine as Russia continued to bombard this nation. But the people of Ukraine have really displayed such an incredible strength to us as the world that we have learned so much from them. And I've heard a lot of people say that, not only because of President Zelensky, but also because of the people of Ukraine, the strength, the hope, the help, the things that we have been witnessing and seeing people do. Now, Masha, I want to come back to you. And, you know, firstly, congratulations on having a beautiful baby. Sarah was saying, Masha had this baby and I saw a picture of her and it's so incredible. And thank you. For me, it's kind of like this picture of hope and life continuing. Yeah. And that though it must have been difficult to to be pregnant during a time, during this time, during this last few months, with everything happening. How did you experience that and giving birth? And but just seeing her coming to the world and and holding her hand and being like, you know what? Ukraine is still alive and and the people of Ukraine are alive and we're not going anywhere. But I'm sure it must have been difficult being pregnant during this time. Uh, when I got pregnant, it was in April. I was so shocked because it's wartime <laughs> and we didn't plan it for now because we have already a small baby. But for me, it was a sign from God that a life is continuing and everything will be good so yes we didn't expect it and uh, it wasn't so easy you know because uh, we had experienced uh, attacks and bombs and everything but still for me it was a sign from god it's like i don't know it's like a, a sign of hope and so yeah mm. 
That's so beautiful. And I know that many people around the world continue to stand in solidarity with Ukraine, continue to stand and support and continue to say, you know what, we support Ukraine. We're still thinking of the people of Ukraine and are connecting. I know I myself connected with so many beautiful women living in Ukraine just through social media and just checking in on them and being complete strangers by going, uh, you know, you have a, a connection because of the support and love that you have. And have you felt that the support for the people of Ukraine has given you hope at all? And what what gives you hope every day? Uh, yes, we feel support. And when, uh, for example, Sarah and, uh, and, his, uh, and his and her friends, uh, that they came to visit us and help us and so others they also come from different countries mm -hmm. and, and we see that we are not alone that uh, people help us uh, and it's really that's great mm -hmm. and what gives us hope i think just believing that god has a plan that uh, we will win and uh, really um, Hmm. We will have a good life after. Just uh, like uh, believing that the war will finish soon. Hmm. That's incredible, Masha. Thank you so much. And and we love we love hearing <laughs> we love hearing your beautiful boo on on our conversation this evening. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> we, we love hearing her her voice. And again, it's I, I love that that you're saying, you know what, it's about life will continue, it will go on, and the people of Ukraine will win. And I keep hearing that as well from from people in Ukraine that I speak to and that that I hear from. They keep on saying, We will we will win, we will live. And uh it's it's really powerful because it's a uh, it's it's something that the people of Ukraine continue to say because it's a belief. It's not just like, oh, you know, I'm not just saying it because it is. I'm saying it because I believe it. And I think that is so important and so powerful. And Sarah, as someone who came to Ukraine as an outsider, so to say, because not growing up there and maybe not having family from Ukraine, you were touched by the reality of war and touched by though not just war, but the hope and people like Masha and her family and other people that you met and just touched by their hope, by their faith, by everything that was happening. How has this informed your prayers now that you pray for the people of Ukraine? And even I want to actually even extend that out and say not only people in Ukraine, but we know the war in Syria, for example, people affected for a decade. We see the earthquake in Turkey now and the images and footage of Turkey and Syria, people just deeply affected by things around them, uh, whether it's sometimes this natural disaster, but war. How has this you know, changed the way that you praying? How is it influencing that? And how can we pray when we often feel so helpless, you know, to actively help people who are affected by war, by this earthquake that we see, by devastation that we see, by people who maybe have lost loved ones or people that are affected in this way. How do we say those prayers? Because often people feel helpless. They feel like they are just onlookers at everything that is happening, but they want to make a difference. But the only thing that they have is prayer. 
So how has this changed your prayers that you pray for people like people living in Ukraine? And what has it taught us and what can it teach us about how to pray when we see things like the war in Ukraine? Could we talk about this for like hours, please? This is such a good question, <laughs> such a good series of questions. And I, I, Masha and I have talked about this too. Um, and I, she has so much to share about this amazing series of questions. But one thing that I want to say that comes to mind that happened for me is that when the, the, the cause of, of war and the things that I was seeing on the news in a distant land immediately became personal when we walked into Masha's home and we had dinner together and we played with her baby boy, David, and, um, and, and had this deep sense of friendship being forged, the sense of family, the sense of, um, experiencing the humanity of our sisters and brothers in Ukraine. And I, I, I believe that is, the invitation and what is possible, whether we are able to go to Ukraine or listen to radio shows like this, where we where we hear voices, where we hear the language, where we hear the stories of, of our sisters and brothers in Ukraine and invite Jesus to have those seeds planted in our hearts to fuel our prayer, to fuel our imagination of how, just like you said, Lauren, how, how might we act? How might we mm -hmm. pray? How might we allow the discomfort of our hearts being broken mm -hmm. and having that fuel, not hopelessness, but, but a tenacity to love, to care, to pray, to do whatever we can to connect, um, to talk with our neighbors and our colleagues about radio shows like this and, and to, to fuel that sense of truly, calling one another friend and family in ways that that are deep spirited, but also looking for ways to to have them fuel our actions. Because mm -hmm. that's what I learned over and over in Ukraine is that yes, our our friends in Ukraine are tenacious, are heroic, are, you know, have this spirit that is inspiring the world. And it is very practical. We were hosted by Young Life Ukraine. Um, Masha and her husband and and several other dear, dear friends now. And their every tool at their disposal, their young life vans, their club rooms, their uh, homes, they they are using them in whatever ways they can to care for people in need. The, the young life vans that used to be driving, well, still are driving kids around the cities, they're also taking humanitarian aid into occupied territories, cross mm. like into the front lines, taking then filling those now empty vans once they deploy all that humanitarian aid and taking out evacuees and mm. hosting them in their churches. And so the seed I want to plant with that is what tools do we each have at our disposal? Like our friends in Ukraine have inspired me with to say, what do I have? that I can use to, to be of service and to care for people just like they have mm. um, it's rooted in the everyday. It's rooted in, in this intersection of faith and fear. And it's very practical. And I love that. Love that. Mm. I love that as well. 
I think for some of us, we're such like some of us are just naturally practical people where we always like, like God, God's like, look at your hands. What is it that you have in your hands that you can use? And we're like, yes, I want to use what's in my hands where, you know, and, and I think it's so beautiful as you put it, Sarah, that that's part of what the people of Ukraine have taught us as well. What is it that we have in our hands? Sometimes people think they need a lot of money to be able to help something or someone or some situation, but that's not always the truth. We don't need, because a lot of people don't have a lot of money. It's about what do you have in your hands? And sometimes what you have in your hands could be your voice to create awareness, or it could be, you know, you do have a car, so you can take things down the street to someone else that has a need. And you may collect those things from other people who have them just stored up somewhere that don't want to use them anymore. So no one's having to use this loads of money that no one has, but it's about what do we have in our hands? When we look down at our hands, what do we have and what can we use? And I think it's such a powerful, powerful image, but it's actually the gospel in action because that is what it's about. It's about an active faith. As we always say, it's about an act of faith, but sometimes there can be a disaction or an unaction. I'm making up some words there tonight. <laughs> There's a lack of action, you know, and it's it's a powerful reminder. It's such a huge one. And Masha, I wanna I wanna come to you and I actually want to ask you, you know, kind of as we are getting to the end of the show, if there's anything that you would like to share from your heart with the listeners. And Sarah, you were saying, you know, conversations like this are so important and so important for us to continue having, as well as connecting with people like Masha and her family to go, you know what, this is personal. This is a real life that is being lived in the midst of war. And Masha, I would love for you to be able to share with us anything that's on your heart today for anybody who is listening, who is now thinking about what Ukraine is still going through. What would be your message to them? Yeah, I want to say that uh, if you look around, you will see that the world is going crazy. And yes, we have war, but in the same time, you see what happened to Turkey and you see other countries that suffer from hunger or from wars. And as we live more and more, I I think we will see even, even worse things around. So... Um, like living in the war time here, I I realize that we should teach and we should be always strong and and brave, mm. no matter what happens. And if uh, in our country, in our city, we have war or something else, uh, the, the first thing that we should do is to stop and pray and ask God what should we do because if we start being too much afraid and and panic we could do really wrong things mm-hmm. so stop pray and I know that God has always a word for his children mm-hmm. and he will protect and give his will and I wish we have a perfect place to live whole life, be happy and healthy. But as Bible says, we will not have this in 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 this uh, real life on, on the earth. Mm. This 
perfect life we will have only in heaven with God. So here mm. we are to fight this evilness, to preach people, to help people, to do what God wants us to do. And, you know, even uh, in the middle of the war, if you are in God's will, he will give you joy. He mm. will give you happiness. And uh, to be honest, we are here. And I wish we had a better life. But what we have now, it's, it's more than enough. And every day God give, gives us a reason to have joy, to be happy. And it, it's him, you know. So mm. just be, be brave, be strong, and be ready to, uh, I don't know, <laughs> to, to do what God wants you to do. Mm. Amen. Amen. Masha, I want to ask you if you will say a prayer. You can say it in Ukrainian for those who are listening and who will listen in to us. And maybe you want to share a prayer uh, just today, whatever is on your heart. And we know that we we might not understand, but for anybody who is joining who is Ukrainian, uh, I would love for you to lift up a prayer for those people. Окей. Дорогий Боже, я дякую тобі за цей ефір. Боже, я тобі просто молюсь за кожну людину, яка слухає цей ефір, Господь. Я прошу, щоб ти просто благословив, щоб ти казав своє слово в їх життя, Господь, щоб ти використовував їх для своєї слави, Господь. І допоможи всім нам у цьому, Боже, світі, де править зло, Господь, просто знаходити Тебе, Боже, знаходити Твої шляхи для нас, Твою волю для нас, Господь. І просимо, благослови нас, Боже, дай нам силу, дай нам віру, Господь, щоб служити Тобі, щоб, Боже, просто жити це життя, ми на Тобі, Боже, за все вдячні в ім'я Ісуса Христа. Амінь. Амінь. You know, it was so funny, uh, a friend of mine, Ryan, Sarah, you also know him and have met him, but he lived in Ukraine for a couple of years. And uh, quite a long time ago, a couple of years ago, he would uh, quickly send me voice notes, you know, on certain things when we would voice note back and forth. And there would be uh, Ukrainian people behind him busy talking, you know, and I would hear the language in the background. And, and uh, the one day they were loading all the stuff into a van and it really sounded like some kind of film was like unloading <laughs> behind him. And I was like, are you in the middle of like a spy movie? Because the language, the Ukrainian language was kind of like sounded so like something you hear in a film and it's uh it's it's actually so incredible and i would listen to like some of the voice notes back so shout out to ryan for that uh for exposing me to ukraine and the people and and the language and i know that he was in ukraine and went to ukraine right at the beginning of the war as well and uh working with refugees and i'm so grateful and i want to say thank you to everybody who has gone to ukraine and is working is helping who is continuing and uh people from all over the world like sarah like ryan like many other people who feel that love for the people of ukraine and who have gone are going and still will go And Sarah, I want to say thank you to you as well. And want to ask that you would offer up a prayer as well as we end um, for Ukraine and just what for whatever's on your heart. Oh, I would be honored. Thank you. Yeah. So Jesus, uh, my sisters on this show and, and everyone who is listening, um, we come together in this incredible connection that we have as this global human family 
and we ask that you fuel that in us, in our imaginations, in our spirits, and in our day-to-day actions to, to really love each other, to really care for each other, to be inventive in hospitality, to be inventive in, in ways to uh, really care um, and to know that when we do, we are um, sharing your love, your hope, your life with um, people, whether in our neighborhoods or in far distant lands. We want to pray for our sisters and brothers in Ukraine for um, hope, for tenacity and mm-hmm. in this fight. And as Masha has reminded me, um, to ju- we, we really pray that there is um, a miraculous spirit of of forgiveness that that comes that will free any bits of um, the the anger and the pain that can come from um, experiencing what they have for one year and actually longer than a year. But mm-hmm. for this last year, um, we pray that that there is truly a sense of freedom and hope that uh, in you that that fuels a love uh, that takes over this whole country of Ukraine and spreads around the world uh, and inspires us. It, our sisters and brothers have inspired the world and we pray for that continue to continue. And we pray for ways that we ourselves can take up those, that mantle um, of, of hope of heroism to do whatever we can in our day-to-day lives so we can Mm. truly work in collaboration and in sister and brotherhood with our dear friends in Ukraine. And we pray for this war to be over. We pray for peace and we pray for the rebuilding Mm. to be fueled also by the world. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. Masha, it has been such a pleasure, such a joy to have you on the show today and to actually meet you. And Sarah, it has been a great joy to have you back again. Thank you for making this a reality and for connecting us. And I want to thank you both for having this conversation so that we can continue to remind people that people living in Ukraine are still experiencing the war. And there is so much that we can learn from the people of Ukraine. So, Masha, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. It's it's such a pleasure. And, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. And may God just richly bless both of you and your families. Thank, thank you. you. Same to you, sister. Thank you. You know, it's been such a great time together and I'm just so moved by hearing Masha and connecting with Sarah over what is happening in Ukraine. And today, may these prayers that we have prayed just go up to heaven and meet the throne of God. I know that sometimes it's hard when situations look hopeless or when there is so much devastation and despair. And even in your life, maybe today, you're feeling that sense. Maybe you are sitting somewhere where your community, where you live, is not a safe place and it's hard to live there. And there is hopelessness and poverty and and hardships. Or maybe you're sitting in a place right now where you've lost your job and you're going to lose your home. 
and life is dangling by a thread. Maybe you're sitting in a place right now where you are in a place and you're listening to us from a war zone. You're listening to us from a place of devastation. You're listening to us uh, from a place that has been affected by an earthquake or war or famine or violence or conflict. Maybe you're just sitting listening to us from a place of hopelessness and despair. And there's a place that comes to us sometimes and it's a place where we feel depressed and sad or lonely and maybe you're sitting in that place today. And one of the words that I've heard being shared as I just heard Masha speaking to us and it's about hope and it's about finding hope in hardship. And sometimes I know even for myself, it seems like how do we find hope when it doesn't look good? How do we find hope when you know, it's it's hard and when the situation around you has not changed and you are still looking for the miracle and it has not yet come and it's almost the 11th hour and then it will be at its end. You know what, I want to just reach on out to you today to inspire you to know that God is still cared about you, that God still loves you, that God is still in control and that no matter if he tells you to stay put in your situation or to leave and to do something else, I pray that he will give you his great wisdom and his great intent for your life and for the life of you and your family and your loved ones and those you care about. They might not be physical family but spiritual family or children who you look after or people you mentor or people in your community that you care about. And I pray that God will just give you his great wisdom and his great intent, but also that he will share with you his great delight in you and in your life and that his delight and his joy will come to you and to your home. As Masha has said to us today that every day God gives you a reason to be happy and to have joy, even in the midst of war and invasion and bomb sirens and bombs and devastation. God gives you a reason to have joy and may we fully experience that truth, not just intellectually, but with our hearts, with our spirits, may it be an experience that we have. Wherever you find yourself right now, I really do pray that your Abba Father is with you and that that you will know that you are seen by him, that you are loved by him and that he delights in you. And I want to pray God will bless you, keep you, make his incredible face to shine upon you as we come to the end of voice of change it has been a blessing to be with you today and until next week may blessings of goodness grace peace love hope joy truth and deep faith be yours in abundance until next week god bless this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m Please visit kpulpit.co.za.